People gotta know. They do. Yep. There's only one intro round here that belongs. It sure ain't that other one. Mm. The beautiful soliloquy coming out of your voice. Minnesota Tim. Jake's Takes. Madness. Soliloquy might be one of those words that... Oh, whoops. Encore. Yeah, encore. One more time. One more time. One more time. <laughs> hey, you know, at this point, there's a lot of ride. What the hell? Soliloquy might be one of those words where... Like... It's such a fun word to say because it sounds like such an important word. Yeah. But if you had to define soliloquy... No idea. No idea what it means? No. Soliloquy. I feel like it's like a opening summary for something. like, And a song, too. Like He performed a soliloquy. Hmm. I mean, it sounds fine. Yeah. I use a lot of words that Holly's like, are you sure that that's how it's used? That oh. would be one that that's one I haven't dabbled in. Hmm. Soliloquy. I don't even know how to spell it. Let's see. S-O-L. Okay. Well, look at you. I. Okay, I'm going to type it in. S-O-L-I. Is it just Q-U-I-L-Y? Q-U-Y-I? I-L-Y. I-L-Y. So little. Right. So little. S-O-L-I-L-O-Q-U-Y. That wasn't close. An act of speaking one's thoughts aloud when by oneself or regardless of any hearers, especially by a character in a play. So it's like like a solo speech. Huh. Not what it's I like, thought it was. So if you're I mean, so kind of on a podcast, if you're if you have no co host or anything, you're just talking, that's kind of a soliloquy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't how know. I didn't put an O in there when I soliloquy. Soliloquy. Spelling is one of those things where you know, when you don't have to do it as often through you know, after you graduate high school and college. For me, it drops off a little bit. Yeah. Where there's some words that are so easy to spell when you're in high school and college. And then when you get out of those stages of life, it's like, how do I even spell that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but you're still in that stage. Two points on that. One, it's a lot harder when you're just trying to say it. I think if I would have wrote, written it down, I would have looked at it and go, oh boy, that's not right. Mm-hmm. And then fixed it. Mm-hmm. But when you're just trying to like keep like in a spelling bee format, trying to just say it and keep track in your mind, like what letters mm-hmm. you've said, mm-hmm. I think it is kind of harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, the next generation is going to be terrible at spelling. Mm-hmm. And do, do you have any guesses why? I have uh, several guesses why. I would say because of autocorrect mm-hmm. by the iPhone. Or and like, or Android, they do a lot of their schoolwork on the iPad and mm-hmm. computers and stuff, whatever yeah. it is. And yeah, the little bar that you know they'll mm-hmm. type for soliloquy, right? They'll type S O. Not that they would ever actually do this in fifth grade, but you know S O. And then they wait to see if it pops up on yep. the suggested words, and they mm-hmm. tap it. I mean, that it is a real thing. They're, I mean, they'll be fine. It's not like they're going to be illiterate, but is it kind of noticeable this... that spelling is a struggle for many, 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 many students? Is it kind of this generation's cursive? Where 
back in my generation, back mm-hmm. in my day, mm. you were told that you must learn cursive because that's the way the world is going. And if you don't know cursive, you're not going to know how to communicate. Or as spelling might not be as important as it was back in the day because you didn't have these iPhones and iPads correcting you. Right. I remember in fourth grade, we were told that middle school teachers would throw your homework in the recycling bin if you didn't write it in cursive. (laughs) I don't think I wrote in cursive one time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. It's because we still like cursive is still a standard. So they still do learn it and they still kind of practice it up through. I think Well, you need it for signatures for sixth grade. Yeah. But other than that, like it doesn't really, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And And even for signatures, really, you don't really need it. You can just make some scribbles and it doesn't even mean anything. Right. As long as it's unique to you. Yeah. And it's repeatable. Like you're fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought in terms of, prioritizing spelling when right just like anything else now you need to be able to spell decent enough to be Mm -hmm. just like a i don't know contributing human being because like that's (laughs) always the well you could just google it's like well yeah you can google stuff of course that gives you answers to things but you you still need like a baseline level of just like Mm -hmm. general knowledge about math and spelling because it's a lot of pronunciation too it's not just spelling it yeah right because that's how you pronunciate right and just and just to be a you know you don't want to have to google what is what is four times six again like i mean you know like there's a baseline level of stuff you got to know um and then certainly there's like the extra stuff that yeah you're probably not going to remember you know i don't know 24 (laughs) there you go I was there right away, but I waited for dramatic effect. Yeah. Um, That's like, you know, if you're trying to memorize the presidents in a history class, like, and then now 10 years, you know, as an adult, if you don't remember who the 24th president was, you could just Google that. Like, that's not something that's a life or death kind of thing. Do you have the presidents memorized? No. I've always thought I should just to, like, impress people, but I don't. (laughs) I couldn't tell. I don't think I could tell you 15, maybe even 10 presidents. Total? Yeah, I could list a lot of them. I order, I would have no idea. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe I, I maybe that so, could be me too. Let's see. JF, JFK. Well, no, let's do this organized here. Okay, fine. Start kind of work backwards. This. Well, little. you're the one that's confident. You, 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 you know how it goes. Well, I'm not vaguely. Yeah. Biden. Biden Trump. Trump. Obama. Obama. George. Bush. Bush. Yeah. George Bush. For right. eight. For eight years. Yeah. So that's four. Um. And then it was Clinton, right? Yeah, I think so. And then the other George Bush. Mm-hmm. And then I'm lost. Yeah. already I'm kind of lost. But then it was it uh, Reagan. Was he Reagan? Next? Let me let me Google. Nixon this. was in there in the seventies, eighties. I don't remember the order. Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Carter was also Jimmy Carter. Yep. Yep. Um, FDR. And then that, now it just gets to the random ones that I don't know the order. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, Gerald Ford was in the '90s. Eisenhower, World War II. Um, Ford was Coolidge. in the '90s. Coolidge, uh, Coolidge. Truman. Mm, wow, so uh, unbelievable! If you go wait, Taft—he's the one who got stuck in the bathtub, I think. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I didn't know there was a president that got stuck in the bathtub. I think that was Taft. He was. Why, big, why did he get stuck boy. in the bathtub? He was a big. He was a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who was the one that died? Like get a conveyor belt just to get him days. out. 
Somebody got the flu and died within 30 days. Ooh. Um, that was an old guy. Um, then you could go like to the way beginning and do like Washington, Adams, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, I should. Those are the ones I should know because I actually teach teach about those. Jefferson. Oh yeah, Reagan was born from 1911 to 2004. He was like the Actually. 70s or 80s. I don't remember. The 70s or 80s. 70s, because yeah, because what's it? Whatever yeah. gate. Uh, Not seeing. 70 oh. early 70s for Reagan. 1977 to 1981. Mm. Wait, that could be. I don't remember. Ugh, I'm my eyes are blurry. That's right. Well, I mean, I we really like we named like twenty probably. Hmm. How many have there been? Forty? What are we on? Forty six. That's 48? a lot. Yeah, we're on forty six. You you do a pretty good job. You're inspiring. Did we say Lyndon B. Johnson? <laughs> it's a fun name. Yeah. Well, that's gonna do it for this Grover episode. Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland. There's another one. Wow. If you just want to randomly name presidents throughout this episode, you have okay, full support. If they pop in my brain, yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of spelling and uh, president naming and soliloquies. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of this. Um, your name mm-hmm. brings Zimmer back. Oh. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the beauty of that name. Mm-hmm. What's in a name, anyways? <laughs> well, I think he's done a Colorado, right? Has he done a Colorado? Does he even go to Colorado? Yeah. Was he- he- was wasn't he Dion's like one of Dion's assistants or did he back out of that? I thought he backed out of it, but maybe you maybe would know he more than out. I would. No, I wouldn't know more than that. No. I know he originally like agreed to be a defensive assistant, and then I don't know if that changed or not. Yeah, I thought it changed. Okay, that could be. But I think your point is is how absurd, mm. how absurd it has been. That... To not bring Mike Zimmer back, yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, while we're at it, why don't we bring Mike Zimmer back as the head coach, Brad Childress back yeah. as the offensive coordinator. Frazier? Frazier or Donatel? There's a big debate there. Donatel. Donatel's back. Because Frazier's actually a good defensive Frazier's coordinator. Frazier's actually a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. Not a great head coach, but a good defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yep. Donatel. Donatel's not. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, I mean that. I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off a few seconds ago, but uh, yes, the absurdity of it's a sports thing that is impossible to stop. But the idea of like the grass is just always greener with something new mm-hmm. is it's so hard not to fall into that trap. Whether it's a player, a coach, a system, whatever it is, like just in any professional sport, like. I remember I saw it the other day, right? You cheer for your team, whatever, and they're doing all these things. They're planning out. Like, the other team also gets paid to win games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the weird expectation that just everything just always needs to go right. Mm-hmm. And that if, I mean, because I'm, the main reason that people are upset, right, is kind of play calling related, I guess. Yeah, totally. And really, the only, I mean... The hand he's been dealt, yeah. like, you know, a couple weeks ago when they could have salted the game away. Well, Dobbs had four turnovers. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know that I'd be uber aggressive. because Yeah, it, let's put the ball in our quarterback's hands who's like, thrown four interceptions in this game. Like, a turnover there gives the Bears a super – was it the Bears game, right, I think? Yeah. Yeah, it was the Bears A game. super short field, and, like, you know, you don't want that. So that's why he's thinking, all right, run the ball, force it to timeouts, make them, you know, punt. And, yeah, the def- our defense is great. We've only given up nine points. Let's trust them to not give up 60 yards. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, so that's, yeah, you could call it conservative. You could also just call it, you know. Logical. Logical or smart, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is, like, he's not above criticism, right? There's still, like, he he's going to make mistakes, but what other, co- you know, there's no coach that doesn't. Right. So that always bugs me, too. It's like, yeah, you can point to mistakes he made, of course, just like you could any other coach in any other type of coaching atmosphere, high school, mm-hmm. middle school, college. I think this is the most annoying part about the whole thing is how tunnel visioned right. Minnesota Vikings fans have become yeah. when analyzing Kevin O'Connell. Whereas if you had eyes on other head coaches around the league, the same way you had eyes on Kevin O'Connell, O'Connell would look like a genius of a head coach. Mm-hmm. I believe that because every head coach has bad play calls. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton, one of the best head coaches, losing in Denver. You look at uh, Bill Belichick. Yeah. I mean, the best coach of all time, arguably, and they have two or three wins this season, and they haven't made it to the playoffs without Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I, I just it, – it boils down to execution. It boils down to – of course, there's plays that matter, mm-hmm. but – if the offensive line blew up the Bengals' offensive line at least once out of two plays, a quarterback sneak, this isn't even a discussion. Mm-hmm. But, of course, yep. they got blown back. Mullins fumbled the snap a little bit. I to, to go back to your criticism point, the one criticism of that play, in my mind, or two plays, is why is it Powell – pushing from behind the smallest player on the team. Yeah. Well, and like I said, like criticism is one thing, right? We can't, that's the nature of any athlete, any coach, like criticism is, can be fair. Obviously sometimes it's taken too far, but like, it's fair to question things and say, Mm -hmm. ah, that wasn't the best. And then Kevin, you know, he's done it himself in the past too. He's been open about, yeah, I think I made some mistakes play calling. I think our blah, blah, blah. You know, he takes accountability for that a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think the biggest criticism, the Powell thing, sure that, you know, that's not ideal. You know, his response was, well, we wanted to keep them in like their dime or nickel package. So they didn't sub so that the dolphin or the Bengals couldn't sub. Um, mm-hmm. so that was his reason, right? You know, yeah. Hey, whatever you can take that and say, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Or eh, that's kind of a weak reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that's up to you or again to criticize or not as a fan. Um, but what bothered what what really bothered me was doing the same thing twice. Mm. I think that I think that's an arguable, that's the easiest point to argue that saying that was bad. That was bad decision making. Because um, I mean, but no, we've talked about this before though. No matter what he does, <laughs> if it fails, are we criticizing or are people criticizing him? Oh, absolutely, they like, are. Because because in my mind, you know, the sneak, I don't love it with a Nick Mullins at quarterback an unproven Mm. first time you know it's it's different than if it's Kirk Cousins or if it's Jalen Hurts or if it's somebody who's been doing that 
Um, and I know they practiced it, but still, I just something about a third or second string, whatever you want to technically call him, quarterback trying to do a QB sneak, like it's not the best thing in the world, probably. Mm-hmm. So my preference, right? The way Ty Chandler's been running the ball, you give him a shot on third down or fourth down, one of the two. Um the other thing, which again, we can hear it playing in our heads, right? In my mind, third down two, maybe a play action to the yep. to Hawkinson. <laughs> but again in the flat. Right. If you call a play like that and it works, everyone's like genius play call. Well, what a what a what a what a mastermind. Right. And then if you do that and he takes a sack and it's fourth and five now or something, what is everyone saying? Oh just just do a quarterback sneak. Right. Why, why right are you trying to be so it's one yard? <laughs> You're trying to be too cute as a head coach. That that's where yeah. I took the discussion. Because the flag that O'Connell's received throughout his head coaching tenure is he tries to be too cute. Mm-hmm. Or, well, the quarterback sneak play is as uncute as you can get in a situation like that where... You're doing it twice. Yeah. You don't need a yard. You need a quarter of a yard. Mm-hmm. Where on the instant replays, they had the blue line and the yellow line. And the offensive line, uh, Garrett Bradbury, he could l- have literally touched the yellow line with the football if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean not that they can see the yellow line. Just just so people know. Uh, <laughs> the blue the blue and yellow line are, are just for TV purposes. The the players can't see that. It makes you wish he could have just like snapped the ball to himself and just fell totally. forward. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's I mean it's just that like I said, the biggest criticism I have is running the same exact play twice, especially after the first one didn't go very well. Yeah. Um then you gotta probably adjust and figure it out and do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that what it's the nature of sports. If you succeed, you don't get criticized very often. And if you fail, you get criticized fair or not. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know. I think most of the Viking fandom is not thinking KOC needs to go or whatever, but there's yeah. definitely more than I would expect out there. Tweeting it was trending on Twitter to fire KOC after the game. Yeah. And that just, yeah. I had just fans being fans. Angry reaction, yeah. Yeah. It just it what bothers me about it, I'm not surprised by it, but what bothers me about it is the now this might not be a word, but the illogicalness. I don't think it's a word, but it, it conveys meaning, so we're good. Yeah. But it's just like do you have any sense of do you remember when Mike Zimmer was our head coach? in year five or six or Brad Childress, it would be just as easy to get one of those guys back. Probably you're probably more likely to hire a bad head coach than you are to hire a great head coach mm-hmm. or a good head coach. Yeah. Well, so. and I, I think my argument for professional sports has always more been, does the guy have the locker room? Because mm-hmm. now are there some dud head coaches and coordinators out there that don't that truly are kind of in above their head of course like there are bad coaches out there that you know i think brandon staley is an example that he rose through the ranks too fast like he went from d3 football to st thomas baby (laughs) he went through brandon staley the chargers guy went through and like Mm -hmm. like, within eight years he went from d3 to being an nfl head coach and like i think there's a lot of things you could point to to say like he wasn't ready for that kind of, you know, he just wasn't ready. Um, mm-hmm. KOC seems ready. 
Mm-hmm. Team's ready. Um, and again, they all can prepare. They all can do all those like X's and O things. Like all of that, I think, is kind of an equalizer for the most part. Obviously, there's a couple special guys. You know, you're Andy Reeds and guys like that that stand above the rest. So my point is, KOC is in that tier where he can, you know, he's with all the appropriate head coaches, right? It seems like he's prepared. They do whatever. Mm-hmm. He has the locker room. I think that's the biggest challenge with a professional team. Yeah. You know, look at the wild, right? With uh, Bruce Boudreau and Dean Evason, right? They're mm-hmm. great coaches, but eventually they lose the locker room. It seems like the wild this year with Evason kind of lost the team. Mm-hmm. See that that's to me when you have to kind of bring in that fresh voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Worked for the wild and right. I mean, there's going to come a day when I am more on board unless Kevin O'Connell rouses off like five Super Bowls, or I'm more on board with the idea of letting go of Kevin O'Connell, but not even two years into his coaching right. career and 13 and four his first year, by the way. Yeah. And to be seven and seven in the playoff hunt, in the playoffs, if they started today, yeah. when your best wide receiver misses half the season, when your starting quarterback goes down with an Achilles tear, and you have to start four different starting quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I don't think people understand the idea that, like, when your starting quarterback goes down, unless you're the Colts and you have Gardner Minshew and he's, you know, a one but of the best backups in the league. Seven, two. I mean, it's not like they're right. Maybe eight, six. I don't know. Something like that. They're in the playoff mix. Yeah. Um, but most teams go into the gutter at that point. I mean, year. look at the Jets. Jets. Perfect example. Jets had a elite defense and an offense with a lot of solid weapons, right? Brees Hall's a really good running back. Garrett Wilson's a pretty good receiver. Um, but they are they got eliminated from the playoffs this last mm-hmm. week, you know. And I mean, some teams like Stefanski, our guy, yeah, you know, he's holding it together with the Browns with Ooh. the three, four, oh, um, couple different running back or quarterbacks, right? He's on his fourth quarterback. I think Dorian Thompson and uh, Deshaun Watson, and there might have been one more in there before Flacco came along. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're on their fourth. You know, they're eight and six, whatever they are in the playoff hunt. But yeah, to your point, it's just what the Vikings have dealt with. As long as he has the locker room for mm-hmm. now, he's he's our coach. Yeah. I think I don't think there's any debate about it. Yeah, uh, he's a capable head coach. This and... isn't a discussion happening in the organization. No, this either. is only a discussion happening amongst fans and people that like to do that. Radio kind of shows thing. and talk shows. Yeah, just exactly. the topic that is easy to talk about. Yeah. So Vikings have three games left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Mullins is the guy going in to the Lions game at U.S. Bank. Three games, Lions, Packers, Lions, two home games, mm-hmm. uh, benefits. I saw a stat that said if the Vikings win two out of the three, they have a 99% chance to make the playoffs. So if they win the two home games, uh, that should be uh, playoff city. Yeah. Where are you at with this? Do you, we- do you expect the Vikings to make the playoffs? I mean, What's our? Are we home this week or is it last week? This week, yeah, we're yeah. home this week and uh, next week. Yeah, the Packers. Yeah, okay. Um. Well, so this is the key here. Mm. Give me the key. The key. The key. I, well, so you have to beat the Packers no matter what. Yeah. You know that's just a given. If you if you lose the Packers, you're not making the playoffs. Yeah. So you have to beat the Packers at home. Um. 
the reason this game is probably the least significant of the three, mm, this home mm, game. Wow. Um, so the Lions division, right? This, this is going to sound a little crazy. Oh, good. If the Vikings go 3-0 and and the Lions go 0-3, we actually win the division. Yeah, I saw that. That was a heck of a soundbite. Um, but the reason, the re- do you know who the Lions play in between the Vikings? The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. That yeah. is not an easy game. No, they they could go 0-3. They could go 0-3. We could go 3-0. Now, now, so the one thing, so you win, you win, and then let's say you lose the last game, you're probably in the playoffs. If you lose this game, let's say we lose on Sunday. Mm. Again, as long as you beat the Packers – Guess what the Lions have to play for on that last week? Nothing. Literally nothing. Yeah. Seeding, they can't really move up because they, well, more than likely they can't move up. Um, unless things really change with the Eagles and Cowboys and then um, the 49ers maybe lost all of their games or something, right? That's the only way they could move up. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to move down because the Falcons or whoever wins that division is not going to catch them. Mm-hmm. And not the Falcons right now. It's the Bucks, I think, or the Saints. But. Yeah. So my point is, week 18, the Lions aren't going to have anything to play for. So then do they trot out, you know, the starters for how, if at all, and if so, for how long? Mm -hmm. Um, And do they want to, because the weird thing would be, guess who they would match up with? The Minnesota Vikings. Your Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. So then we'd Mm -hmm. play them three out of four weeks. So then at that point, too, if you're the Lions, do you want to? show all of your new stuff? Do you want to have your starters playing against the Vikings? You know, so yeah. my point is, I think whether we win or lose this game this week, we are still set up nicely to win two out of three. Mm-hmm. And I, and honestly, the way the Lions have, I mean, I know they killed the Broncos last week, but the Vikings very well could beat them both times. The Lions are a different team at home versus on the road. Yeah. We've seen that this year. They've gotten blown out on the road a couple of times and yeah. at home, and then they beat some good teams. Yep. So, man, my mind just wants to be skeptical about the Vikings missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, they beat the Packers because the Packers are not playing well right now. Um. But they might want some rivalry, you know, because the Vikings beat them on the road. Vikings could easily go 0-3. And they could, like oh, we mentioned, yeah. they could easily go 3-0. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of the NFL. Mm-hmm. It could have happened with Kirk Cousins as well. But it's even more likely that it's and, – and it's harder to predict with Nick Mullins as the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say Vikings finish off the season 1-2 and two and miss out on the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, I've kind of been on that all year. Where at the beginning of the year, when they were zero and three, I, or zero and one, actually, when they lost to the Buccaneers, I said the season's over because mm-hmm. you still have the Eagles, you still have the Chiefs, you still have the Forty ers and you still have the Bengals. And the Vikings lost all of those games except for the Forty ers game. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they started zero and three. And they lost all of the games that they should have lost besides the 49ers game. The fact that they're even in the playoffs right now is remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. That means that they beat the teams that they probably should have beat. 
Saints, Falcons, mm-hmm. Bears. Yeah. yeah, I guess they probably should have beat the Bears at home. They could have beat the Broncos on the road, but that was a, the, the Broncos were favored in that game by one. Yeah. They did enough. <laughs> Let's just say. <laughs> so, I don't know. At the end of the day, I've been coming back to this point, too, where it's like, does it even matter? Maybe you get the Lions in round one and you can get past them, but you got the Niners, you got the Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles are looking like crap, but the yeah. Cowboys, it's like, the Vikings aren't a Super Bowl team any way you word it because the 49ers are the best team in the NFL, and it's not even close. Uh, but at the same time, for Kevin O'Connell, it, it means something to the players. It means yeah. something to the coaches. But as a fan, it's like, okay. When it, honestly, it's fun another, to cheer on another game. i say another week we just get to watch and just see right. what happens, right? I mean, and then you have to go in with realistic expectations because then people get all mad if you lose the playoff. It's like, well. Yes, that's the thing. It's like. We'll be a 9-8 team, yeah. you know. It's yeah. any wins you get are technically up. They're going to be upsets. Like mm-hmm. it's not, that means it's not likely to happen. So right. yeah. just enjoy yeah, whatever. <laughs> Thank you for the definition on that. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, the Minnesota Timberwolves, mm. speaking of, oh, I'm so positive. Speaking of teams that are going to win the Super Bowl this year, mm. the Minnesota Timberwolves just might do that. What are we? Twenty and six, best record in the NBA. Does that it feel Celtics, a, Celtics might be a half game better? Oh, are they have half a game ahead of us now. I think so because we lost to the Sixers. So. Well, maybe we beat the Lakers. We'll be tied for the best record in the NBA. Does it feel a little fraudulent, or are you a hundred percent believer? Ah, uh, I I don't know about a hundred percent believer, but I'm like a I don't know. Ninety percent believer. Ninety percent that it's possible. Good. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it endlessly. Everyone talked about it endlessly. You can be the a great team unless you have that guy. Um, your odds of making a run and winning a title are just—it's just hard. You know, kind of gone are the days where you could be the two thousand and four Pistons. Yes. You know, with four guys that average fifteen a game, and that's your team, and you rely on defense. I just—it's. I don't think that's possible really anymore. It's very unlikely. Definitely uh, not. So having a guy in Ant who mm. can get hot and carry you through a series or multiple series. Oh yeah. Um, along with, I mean, I the biggest, you know, rip him when he's rippable, but then people need to praise him when he's praiseable. Yeah. Towns accepting kind of his like second fiddle to ant roll but also he's been insanely good this year he's been insanely good and, shocking and i can't believe what i'm understanding watching. when he needs to you know he had 40 the other night when they needed him like he's still like he's he is finally figured out what we've all said which is he's the perfect second best player on a team mm-hmm. he's the perfect option for you when you you know he's kind of your second option you run secondary stuff for him mm-hmm. um and he's been thriving in that role, which yep. is phenomenal. I mean, that's that's what we needed. You know, with the trade cat stuff, it's like you're only going to downgrade if, you know, he can't, you know, if he can accept his role, it's going to be a downgrade to trade him. And he has accepted it wonderfully. Um, so we have offense for multiple different, you know, because the, the ant's going to have off games, mm-hmm. you know, and Towns is there to help pick up the slack. Right. Um, I'd like us to see, you know, to see us get another maybe like, 
it'd be so cool to bring back Tyus Jones, for example, or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Could use a little more depth there, probably, mm-hmm. uh, for for thirty six year old Conley or thirty five year old Conley. But no, I mean they have the pieces. They have some veteran playoff leadership. They have some youth. They have some firepower. They have Ant. You know, does that mean they're going to? Oh, he's back. Did we lose you? Oh, I'm still here. No, we're good. Okay, you lost. I, I, oh, I forgot to turn off my Bluetooth. I don't know if it worked. I, yeah, I think we're okay. We can do that. Yeah, but they were all right. Um, but I was going to, and then I totally forgot. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So my point is, they can because they got it. They got a player that can take you through series, which is kind of what you need. Um, the playoffs, as much as defense doesn't seem to matter in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. It matters in the playoffs. Like when you play a team four to seven times, like it does matter. The better defense does come into play. So I think that is helpful for the Wolves to be set up in that way as well, where their defense is so good. So, I, you know, there's nobody in the West that I would be, you know, obviously, yes, you'd pick the Nuggets for their pedigree. Um, mm-hmm. But besides that. Besides that, I don't know. Like, yeah, right. Who else? I mean, the Clippers got hot. Pelicans are a little apps. scary if Zion's healthy. Yeah, but again, I mean, I don't know. I'm not scared. Like, that's yeah, yeah. even fine. Like, yes, you might lose. You right, know, but it's not like Whoa. oh crap, like mm-hmm. we're in trouble, you know. Totally, yeah. The the Nuggets are the closest thing to that, just because of the pedigree. But even mm-hmm. them, like the Wolves, have proven to be kind of successful with their big man lineup. Mm-hmm. So. The Phoenix Suns and the Lakers, regardless of where the record is, might be the second and third scariest team. Right, even if they end up as because right now I think the Lakers were in the play in tournament. Yeah, but if they somehow face the Timberwolves in the first round, oh, I'm oh, going to be think worried. About how... Can you imagine the fans' reaction? Let's say the Lakers stay at that eight seed area. They win their playing game. Yeah. And it's Wolves Lakers as the one seed say that we hold on. Ugh. And we lose like four to one. Oh. <laughs> that would suck. Uh, it's you know what's hilarious though about Wolves fans? What's that? We we, the state of Minnesota Wolves fans, have seen mm-hmm. such crap for so long. Yeah. You know, we all expect the worst, right? Mm-hmm. All Wolves fans want <clears throat> is like validation from national media that it's real. Oh, totally. Like, oh man, every I've time seen that all over. From, anytime anybody nationally says like, "Well, I'm starting to believe in these Timberwolves," or yeah. well, you know, like whatever their take is about the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Wolves! I've fans seen the just, same thing. Just eat it up, like it's just. Oh, Bill Simmons nuts. says. Timberwolves should be number one team in the power rankings. Yeah. Article, whatever. Like, they just go nuts. It's like, finally, yeah. some, like, you just, you feel validated. Like, no, it, we're not frauds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Real people who follow basketball agree that we are good. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough for us just to just trust that we're good. It's somebody nope. else. Can't do it. What's going on has to tell us that, yes, the Wolves are good. It's been too long. It's been too, it's long, been too long since we've been hurt. good. Yeah. Oh, did you see, did you see Simmons the other day? No. They were talking about LeBron's future. Oh, yes. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, want to join the Timberwolves. Well, he was Because his point was saying, like, he thinks LeBron just wants to obviously play with his son and then ring chase. Is a theory. It's not necessarily, like, yeah. you know, he's saying, why wouldn't, you know, he might want to, he's going to try to beat Jordan, just go join the best team, be a role player for the next handful of years still, and just be, try to win titles. And then, he, yeah, but the Timberwolves was the example he used. Like, why couldn't he join a young Timberwolves squad, come off the bench, 
And you know, LeBron would never come off the bench because one, he's too good. Yeah. No matter what age, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. He's still averaged on like a bunch of points per game. Yeah. But it's just funny. And then even Ryan Russillo was like, the Timberwolves? You think you'd come off the bench for the Timberwolves? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Timberwolves, regardless of where their first draft pick is, uh, because they do have one this year, they should draft Bronny James. Doesn't matter if he's not even projected to be in the top 30. There's going to be a lot of that where people are like, is it worth it? Do we draft him number one overall, even though he's (laughs) going to be a bust to have LeBron for one year? (laughs) There's this top prospect that's going to be an NBA superstar, a Victor (laughs) Wembanyama type. Uh, Do we draft Bronny James to get LeBron? (laughs) Ticket sales? Well, I guess if you're like the Pistons, it wouldn't be worth it. (laughs) How about them? Did you see they're they're almost on a record? Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah, they're terrible. Twenty-four losses in a row. Well, I think what's funny because they started two and one. Two and one. Yeah, that's what that's what I keep on going back to. <laughs> I keep on going back to the same thing. They started their season two and one. I wonder who I'm going to check who they beat. I, I wonder what like the announcers were saying after they started two and one. I'm sure they all said the same yeah, thing. What a start. We we could we might shock the NBA. We, we can make the play in tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no there's no there's no saying that we couldn't. Let's see. They lost to. They lost to the Miami Heat by a one in their opening game. Good and loss. Then they, and then they <laughs> it is a good loss. And then they beat Charlotte and Chicago. Okay, well that's two pretty bad teams. <laughs> Those are two pretty bad teams. But twenty four losses mm-hmm. in a row is incredible. They play um somebody. Oh, they play the Jazz, the yep. Nets twice, and then the wow. you have this memorized. Yeah, and then Boston. I say Boston's the game, the clincher at Boston. <laughs> Shock the oh world! Two and twenty-four. The Jazz is the one they got to get. Jazz are pretty bad right now. Yeah, they are pretty bad. Yeah. Well, then that's going to do it for this episode. You got anything else? What was the Timberwolves' longest losing streak? Oh, I don't know the answer. A good question. I would guess in the teens, like uh, 15 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good guess. That's Luke Rittenauer was probably averaging 12 points a game as their leading scorer in that stretch. <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling it right now. Let's see if it comes up. Minnesota Timberwolves' longest losing streaks 16 consecutive. I was one off. Uh, you're right on 2009, 2010, 91, 92. Johnny Flynn. Oh, rookie Johnny Flynn. Rookie Johnny Flynn. Al Jefferson couldn't get it done. I so mean, he, he honestly, he probably was the only one getting it done. But, <laughs> he was legit. He was good. Carry. Oh, man. I didn't like Big Al. Couldn't play any defense. No, he couldn't. But, but as he, far as the, the entire training, team couldn't. He had the right. little jump hook. He had the little yeah, jump like hook. Yeah, like he could score. He was fine. Yeah. He had a little something, something. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the pod. Jacob. Thank you for indulging me in your theories and takes mm-hmm. a master class of of discussion. Yeah. No problem. I'm happy to bring a soliloquy <laughs> yeah. to the show whenever. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate everyone's patience. Jacob was back this week because last week I pussied out and uh, missed it uh, because I wasn't feeling very good. So here we are, Thursday morning. We back. <laughs> Everyone, have a great day. Thank you for making this episode and this podcast part of your day.